You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, picture me rolling out here at Hayes Radio right now. We on Instagram Live today, and I got my motherfucking boy, not only one of my best friends and a dude I've known the longest, but literally one of the dudes that put me on in the in the weed game kind of he changed my whole world and perspective uh when he hooked me up with dr william idleman and sent me to santa monica to go see idleman and he made me believe that this uh this prop 215 shit was real because it was at a time when you know people didn't think that was that was really that was really happening you know yeah, it was hocus pocus. Yeah, exactly. And people didn't bullshit. know, like, what do you mean? What do I do when I get there? When I get to the doctor, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? But uh, D put me on game and then took me to Inglewood Wellness. We'll get into that. But this is my boy, Dietrich. You know, S.A. Kennels, uh, a soul assassin in the flesh. You know, he a uh, dog extraordinaire, weed dude extraordinaire. He basically the West Coast Devin the dude, but just a little bit more fly. <laughs> That's a great compliment. That's one of my favorite artists. <laughs> Devin the Dude. That's right. H-Town. Yeah. Um, so let's uh let's start off and I'll give people a little bit of background about how we met. Um, you know, I was buying weed from you actually, oddly enough. Yeah. Not not oddly enough, but uh this fool had blueberry, like the real blueberry back in the day. Now this is I was about nineteen, so this is twenty you know, about twenty years ago. And uh, this fool had blueberry, nice, fluffy green. And this is around the time when, like, OG and Bubba were around, but to find an off-brand strain at this time um, down south here that wasn't, like, a BC bud or, like, a Canadian, um, like, you know, chronic type of deal was very rare. Yeah, that was a real DJ short shit, too. Yeah. And you were... uh, And it was blue. Yeah. That was a trip. Growing blue weed was crazy to us because everything we grew was green. Yeah. Or... Like um, blonde looking or something. Yeah, we didn't different. ever have much perps or whatever. Just dark green or like misty, Cali mist, shit like that. Yeah, exactly. OG. I, well, shit, nobody could get OG. Not at not at that time. You had to pay big big like bucks to 10, get that 000 cut. Ten thousand a clone back then. If, if that, if you could even, if they were even gonna give you a cut of it, because uh, yeah, it was that. so valuable. If that, right? I mean, and if anybody could have had it, I mean, you had to direct line to Kenji and the whole crew. So, man, those dudes see. just showed me a lot of love. Yeah, that's I, all. How'd you get put on with the Soul Assassins? How'd you end up with Mugs? And, and give us a little backstory about your, your rapping days and Unity and, you know. Well, um, uh, much love and respect. Rest in peace, Bigger B. Uh, you know, me and Chase, Chase Infinite, self-scientific. Uh, you know, it was just, it was the time. It was a time and era then. Hip-hop was real big and, you know, it was fun. Bigger was doing Unity. And Unity and, uh, was a, a West Coast a West Coast hip hop venue that was in LA that had a lot of the biggest like New York and real rap at the time Mob D Wu Tang's these type of cats coming to LA yeah LL Cool J even came to a L- show yeah man. exactly and Queen Latifah I was like ah uh huh yeah so it was man, a big Wu-Tang, deal on the West Coast to get these artists deal. to come out and uh, and perform because there was a lot of that and that's how I met Mugs I met Mugs with Bigger he was working on uh, a lot of Dark Man. Yeah, and that was uh, whatever, and, uh, and that's DJ Muggs from Cyprus, the the general of the Soul Assassins. Yeah, yep, most definitely, big bro, man. You know, uh, and I mean, shit, just time compelled, and 
it's just it's just what it is, you know. It's really hard hard to say, you know, when you're kicking it with the homies and you just keep kicking it with the homies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was it was a great time. I mean, shit, all we did was smoke and listen to him make legendary great hits. Yeah. You know? Legit shit, because you never know. I mean, even as a kid, look, I'm a big hip-hop head. Everybody knows that. But, like, hanging around with you and literally, like, getting to be sitting in the studio and have Jizza walk in. or I play chess with Jizza, bro, because of you, basically. Yeah, I mean, that shit was who great. Can, who can tell a story like that, like, came to... Came with weed, smoking weed at the studio, and played chess with the Jizza. Like, you know what I mean? In the the hip hop era heydays, like you never knew who you were gonna run into at Mug Spot because he did a really wide range of music with all types of different artists and and very well known yeah. acts. You know, Cypress is a uh, yeah broad range, real broad range. And that was a lot of it was due to his, his uh you know his respect in the game because yeah. he might not necessarily been working with him, but people wanted to come and you know chill out at the lab and and be in the environment and. You know, and it, and it was understandable. It was great, man. It was great. You're right about that. It's funny that I tell people the stories playing I mean, chess with Jizza, and they never believe it. So it's no. funny you talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't know. And then, and then, like, what was it? When I don't know if it was Smoke Out or Rolling. It wasn't Rolling Loud. It was a uh, what's the other event they do? Um, oh. Chang does Gorilla Union. Oh, it After was after Smoke Out. It, it was might like, have been. Uh, it might have been. Well, it was Smoke Out 420 Fest. Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells, that's what it was. So we were at one of the Rock the Bells, and you seen Jizza out when we were walking in and, like, kind of connected with them. And, like, you know, I'm a hip-hop kid, so, like, to see one of the best rappers ever, period. Oh, man. You know what I mean? They don't call him the genius for nothing, but uh, a founding member of Wu-Tang, too, and just be, like, shooting the shit on the way into a concert with with the Jizza is, like, for a hip-hop kid, that's, like, you know. You know, it's strange because, you know, the real rap attack is Chase, you know, and and he blessed me to to be in a group with him and uh, DJ Khalil. Yeah. Well, we were kids, right? And uh, shoot, a Unity show. We performed with Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. It was great. I think it was our first show here in LA, though. It was so many years ago, man. It was yeah. so so many years ago. But you know, I took another path and went to the Marine Corps, and uh, got a chance to exercise what I was born to do. And that's, that's just right. pretty much be a soldier, Joe. you know. <laughs> Straight up soldier. And then when I got out, it was back at it. I just didn't have. I mean, it still itches me a little bit get on the mic but reality is kind of like changed a lot of that you know so the weed game knows where it's at yeah the weed game is where it's at and it's man. always been a love of both of ours it's probably it's not our only thing that we had in common but uh it, it wasn't was, about the money it's just about the weed game the culture no, of it, totally, everything totally. that comes with yeah. it you know um we enjoy that culture and prop 215 changed the game and made it a, a you know a realistic i mean the idea of legalizing it yeah. I mean, there's more niggas in jail for weed than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the main reasons, you know, I'm in Houstonia, you know, Houston, Texas, men, born and bred, Studi Wood. That's right. And my uncle went to jail, you know, when behind I was... Behind weed. Behind weed. I was like eight years old. I got three years for a joint. For a joint. Three years that? for a joint. That's a long, that's hard-ass <laughs> time in Texas, bro. People, people like bat an eyelash about it, but that's some serious <laughs> ass shit. That's real shit. Motherfucker smoking a joint, do three years hard time in Texas, bro. I'm not having it. I you first, could, you could I grew never my come. first plants though. I grew my first plants in in, in Houston, Texas. In Texas. There you go. And it was funny because my uncle, I didn't know it was illegal. The way he got me to do it, say, hey, you want to get one of those little dirt bikes? You can get your little dirt bike if you water these plants for me. I didn't know what the plants were. I just watered them. Yeah. That's how it starts. <laughs> that's how it started. Mm-hmm. That's how I don't even know the strand or nothing, but I just know we had plants in the attic and plants in the bayou. Yeah. It was probably some Mexicans. It was some Mexican, some, Man, all some Mexican bam bam. Police came through. Some seeds he popped and destroyed just everything thing. at the top. Didn't know anything about what was in the bayou. 
And I took care of that, but I didn't know what to do with it when it was done. Yeah. <laughs> All in time, you figured it out, you know? That's funny. But nah, it was great, man. I mean, meeting you was the shit, though, because we just got along right off the rip. All it was was Madden football and smoking weed. Yeah. And strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of strip clubs for sure. Yeah. I remember the first time, though. You were right about the medicinal stuff. I mean, that those that era was funny, man. Because it was a trip. So I'll tell people Niggas the story. Niggas still owe us money and weed. Yeah, and exactly. jacked us for back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people that owned legitimate or legitimate dispensaries at the time. It was time, only you know? two. Yeah, it was only two, three in L.A. And it was, uh, it was, it was Inglewood Santa Wellness with Paul. There was yeah. one in Santa Monica, Yellow House. And then uh, Homeboy, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, that was I Santa talk Monica. About Jabba that was the Santa Monica crew. Yeah. I don't remember the Yellow House at the time. They came, I think, a little bit after, or they just wasn't known of, but Dingwell Wellness Center was well known. Because I remember coming to you, showing you I got a check. <laughs> yeah, a check for weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I remember All the first time you took me to, to Inglewood Wellness, you know? Was, uh, I got my rack. You told me go to Idleman, get my rack. I'll take you to the shop, to the, to the, the dispensary. And, like, you know, so I go to Idleman. I'm obviously nervous. I'm, I'm sweating bullets. I'm like... You don't know how to act in that because you don't know if it's real. I remember sitting in the office. There was other people in the waiting room. I filled out the little questionnaire, and I went in and yeah. told him I couldn't sleep or I had anxiety and this and that. And he wrote me a script, asked me some questions. And uh, I had my prescription. Then you took me to Inglewood Wellness and introduced me to Paul and the people that ran the shop down there. And I just remember walking out onto Manchester Boulevard with a little baggie that had... Ain't that crazy? Like three cuts. Right there in Inglewood. Yeah, in Inglewood, right on the main drag, walking out. And this is this is... Like 2001, 2000, you know what I'm saying? This ain't like now when you walk into a dispensary. This is like, ah, you're still shaking when you walk out because you can't believe it you just walked out of a true. weed store onto Manchester Boulevard. And I remember I, like, I was walking with an arrogance, like, I wish yeah. the police would. I got yeah, my I got my shit. I'm, got about my to, shit. I'm about to break them off and show them. <laughs> yeah, it gave you a little pep in your step for sure. You, you felt like you had a line the of The funniest defense. part was that growing across the street from Inglewood High School at the Conroy, right next to the Conroy's, that little warehouse, we was growing right there. I'm like, this shit is too surreal. It's yeah. unbelievable. Right here, like right here, Market Street in Inglewood. Things come weed, full circle. Buying weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've had some crazy rooms. Like, I could probably, between the homies and myself and everybody, like, I could drive around the valley and places and, like, point out places that were like, yo, that was a room there. Yeah. <laughs> I still do that now. That shit this is shit, funny. This shit used to be boarded <laughs> up windows behind that screen, sliding glass door, two-story building. That was a room right there. Like, just some random shit when shit was real pieced together. Kind of like wherever you lived or wherever you could get a spot and you would just build it out and run with it, you know? Yeah, let alone all around, man, all around Southern Cal, you, you just... Somebody got a weed spot in a, you know, a hidden area, so to say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't even know it was there. And you would go in. And then how people would grow was also a trip. Nobody did it the same. Like, they'd rig anything up to make sure it worked, you know? Well, yeah. And, I mean, it was all, it was so much quieter back then. There was no Instagram. You couldn't look and then follow your, your favorite growers. Man, you had to read. Like that. You had to read. You had to read you the books. You had to learn. You had to, you, you had know? to. And which, which is funny because Ed Rosenthal, I got a chance to, <laughs> he wrote an incredible book. I got a chance to talk to him and pick his brain and learn from him. And, you know, due to my Cypress brothers, man. Yeah. You know, big up essay all day. You know, I remember he called in to the studio one day because they're supposed to do some kind of show. And he was like, yeah, this is Ed. And, you know, he was talking to me. I'm like, who the fuck is Ed? 
Like Ed Rosenthal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the I'm big like, Oh, man, I got some questions for you, man. <laughs> and he was so helpful. Yeah. He's one of the so first helpful. early uh, High Times contributors and wrote one, one of the first, you know, books you know? on cultivating cannabis in the outdoor greenhouse and indoor space. Uh, he helped. I mean, he helped me make that blueberry what it, what it ended up being. You know, that shit was cool. Yeah. That shit was cool. And no, nah, but we really... It's just funny about the culture thereof. I just gravitated to it even more. And I remember hanging out with Roscoe and Corrupt. That's right. You and took me to hang out with them at uh, at yeah. the building that I'm living right now, actually, oddly <laughs> enough. Yeah, you Where I stay right now, it used to be, uh, yeah, another different apartment building. The Oaks, and, Oakwoods or something. Yeah, like and they used to, uh, they used little, to stay there. Had a little spot there. Had a yeah. little apartment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that whole little YA crew, man. I mean, they came through. Krupp came through, do some work with mugs and shit like that. And they smoked some shit I grew and was like, oh, Dr. D. Then the name yeah. stuck. Yeah. Then there you go. Dr. D from the Green Thumb University. Then we know? had D Sour D. That was an early strain we were running back then, running with, ended up in Texas. Rappers talking about it and shit. D Sour D. Man, that, that shit, shit was, was fire. Yeah. That shit got a bitch fired. From Oh, yeah, from Deja Vu for having a gram in her locker. Literally got this chick fired. Yeah. It was it was more than a gram. It was an eighth, but still though. Yeah. And I even told her too. I was like, look, Don't I didn't triple bag it. You need to take it to the car right now. <laughs> she was like, no, because she shit was came super bad. Warnings. She was super bad and had a customer, did a little what they had the little hours for five hundred bucks or something. I don't know. She went back to go get her bread and came back to losing her job. Damn. <laughs> Over weed? <laughs> they couldn't find the weed. It stank up the whole place as soon as you walk in. They used to hit me at the door with the Chance, were you just smoking right now or you got weed in your pocket? <laughs> and I'm like, they knew if I walked hey, into the club with OG in my pocket, OG it's a was the ultimate cologne. It was. I've never got that's more the, pussy. That's the ultimate conversation starter for I, sure. I never have. I never had a Ferrari. All I had to do was just walk in smelling smell like, like OG. OG. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Those days are gone now. Yeah, everybody got bullshit OG though. That OG was something else though back then. That's but you different. know, I think just a lot of it was the way it was grown. You know, it was super small batch. Technology is just different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's up on trying to make bread instead of quality. They want quantity. I mean, I ain't mad at them. But nah, I mean, there's still some fire ass OG out there. You know, the margins are getting small in that strain. It's mainly the growers specifically, but it's the growers. Once it became commercialized. Yeah, shit changes. You, know, you got a bottom line. Anything was, in the rec market is going to be... It was good enough to pass. Yeah. You know? I mean, I even trip out on how McDonald's was the shit when I was a kid. I talked about that the other day with now somebody. Is that is that, you know, the quality control of that. We grew up with that shit. That shit, you know, like it or not, a Happy Meal was something every kid had to have. And that's what you asked for as a child was, you know, McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's back in the day was like in and out now. Yeah. At a smaller scale when they were still, like, you know, earlier in the franchise in the 80s for sure. Yeah, I tell people a lot about that, about how fast food used to be different. It used to be, like, restaurants. Like, I remember going into Wendy's in Pittsburgh when I was a little oh, last kid. Wendy's was, like, high-end. High-end. Yeah, it was high-end <laughs> fast food. And I was I would talk about the ashtrays because you could smoke everywhere, and they had these little gold tin yep, ashtrays. Yeah, had a little gold tin ashtrays, like, bottle Wendy's. caps like, at yeah. Wendy's, yeah. And then you could take them home with you or whatever, you know what I mean? And I would just play with them at Wendy's, but Wendy's was, like, good fast food it was like a diner still almost like a different type of thing you know yeah it was it was a shit man it was a shit ain't nothing like Whataburger though let's talk about a uh, dog breed a little bit because that's your yeah that's your your specialty yeah let's do it man really um, how how S.A. Kennel came about you know being at the studio being here in LA I mean shit is really real you know 
niggas will run up in your shit. And there's nothing like a dog for protection. Gangbanging is real for every culture out there. In L.A., it is real. L.A. gang culture and hip-hop are married to each other in a sense, and and it's L.A. gang culture is part of L.A. life I mean, yeah, I I agree with that, but at the same time, we're in the land of the jack artist. I mean, you getting jacked. Yeah. And then, too, you don't know who has beefs with people. You know, Muggs is a, is a professional business. I mean, he's doing music, you know, so sometimes people come from all over. Yeah, you Canada, don't know what New they York, have going whatever. on. You don't know what they got going on. Exactly. You could have somebody run up in the studio. Exactly. And what the, dog, what the dog would do is, <coughs> you know, having, having protection dogs was, was how it all started. And a I protection mean, dog is a highly trained security dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we, trained we, for specific situations. Yeah, we weren't in it for the bread. We were in it, you know. For, for, for the security factor of it, yeah. you know? We're pretty militant, you know? Muggs is on it, you know? Yeah, That's the 100%. line all of us. We be yeah. out there, man, the gym, we tie. Niggas is swole. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, my belly swole, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, we, we, we up on it, man, so we had to have a protection dog. So um, uh, just for that, that, that particular reason, in case anybody runs up, because, you know, the dog will let you alert you first so you can get your, your pistol, your piece, or whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. That alone is going to stand by you and fight. And, you know, that's that's what it was really about. And uh, I did a lot of training, man. I did a lot of training with a few dogs. We had a Doberman we started with and a couple pits, uh, a Blue Major and DJ. And, uh, shoot, man, it just took off from there. Before you know it, more and more people start saying, hey, I need a dog. I need a dog. I need a dog. And they mm-hmm. wanted to train. And then it got to a point where most people didn't want to train. They just wanted a dog. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I put a lot of hours and time in and you doing became, my research. Yeah, you became dog. big in not only breeding and training, but also in handling dogs for dog shows and things of like that. Yeah, the AKC big came later. Yeah. See, in the beginning, it was just all about doing bite work. Yeah. And there's some great dog trainers up on the hill. You know, there was Malcolm and Master Canine, all those guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got with Daryl Young, dog man. And, uh, you know, he was training dogs for Suge and... Yeah, Dogman has a, a cool history as well. Yeah, he got kennels all around records. the world. and Yeah. Yeah, Dogman. And fellow Marine, too, you know? Yeah. Devil Dog, whatever, but he had the dogs right. And, and, and that's just pretty much how it was all about the protection. So did he do, did he do Shug's dog, Damu, the one that's in the, all the videos and everything? You know what? I'm not sure he might. I know he did a lot of I know his dogs was also in Snoop videos and, and, yeah. and a few others and everything, but... Um, Ain't no telling. He's still training now. He does ring sport, you know? He's still training all over, man. And, yeah. and, and it's pretty addictive. It's, it's a sport. You know, there's sports out there, dog sports. You got PCA, uh, Schutzen, Ring Sport, Mondo Ring and all that. And uh, these are sports you go do these activities with your dogs. And it, it entails obedience, tracking, and bite work. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's fun stuff to do. And then every now and then you get a special dog here and there that you just turn out. And ain't nothing, I mean, it's, it's like having a personal bodyguard with you at all times. Matter of fact. That's super on point. I didn't carry a pistol for damn near 15 years because of it. Yeah, with Major? Yeah, with Major yeah, and Blue. Blue. With you? Oh, yeah, because. Yeah, because Blue was cool as shit. Blue was a studio dog. That was Muggs' dog that yeah, you get from. Yeah, he was a full protection he dog. He was a fawn. He was a beautiful fawn, uh, Blue Nose. Yeah. That uh, had a fawn, fawn coat that was really pretty. And uh, he was a big dude. But he was super on point, and like we'll take him to the store, to the liquor store, whatever, to to pick up waters or blunts or whatever it was at the time. And you could tell Blue to wait outside, and homie will just chill there, 
wait for you to come out, won't move, you know? Oh, yeah, when we would go in the store, that would check yeah. people out. You yeah. would have them check people out <laughs> when they walked into the studio, you know what I mean? Just to smell them and make sure that nothing yeah. was off about the dude or anything else. It also, like, But, you know, it put niggas at bay, though. They stand they when they see a dog, dog they like, oh, okay. Not only a dog, but a dog that is, like, on point, on point, that is, yeah. you know. Yeah, when they see a dog that, yeah, they're like, oh, okay, I'm cool. Ain't nobody trying to get bit. <laughs> not like that. No, nah, not like that. You ain't trying to get bit like that. <laughs> that it is the fun. great equalizer. You can be gangster as fuck. You ain't trying to get bit by a big ass it ain't dog. Fine. Even training. When like yeah. when you're training doing the bite work, yeah. you know? That shit hurts. That shit hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Through a suit. Through a suit. That shit hurts. Yeah. Some dogs. And put they're it strong in. as fuck. Some dogs really put it in. Yeah, they'll I see them take off and just rah and tackle you and shit. <laughs> you uh you got into uh what were they? The Borbles, the African Mastiffs. Yeah, yeah, Dogman got me into that. Uh-huh. He grabbed a Those couple are beautiful of them dogs there. too. Oh man, the 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 biggest, most af- athletic dog I've ever seen. Yeah, I wouldn't want no problems with that at all. No, it's like a fast, it's like a a hybrid. It's a two hundred pound pit. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's, that's what it is. <laughs> like a no, pit. really, that dog. Okay, that dog is. It has an interesting history, didn't they? Train yeah. it to like to like. Well, no, it's a cattle dog. Is yeah for them down the south. I mean, they they created a dog to be a cattle dog. Them fucking predators out there, the goddamn lions and hyenas. And exactly. Shit. So that dog is made to protect so you from hyenas is, and lions. And it's an English mastiff. Yeah. It's a it's a German boxer and a Rhodesian Ridgeback. That's that's what makes it up. Yeah. Part of that for that. Yeah. And that's it's a monster. I've never seen a two hundred pound dog that athletic. Exactly. Far more athletic and, and than and a regular bite English. Because of the because of the Ridgeback, does it have the jaw that locks? Oh too? man. Well, no. The jaws don't lock. It's just there's a strong, it incredible, has a strong powerful will jaw. to. No, actually. That's a folklore, you know. That's a, yeah. like a. So talk about that a little bit. That, it that, is, right? that lockjaw thing is like slang, you know. It kind of stuck, you know. It sound cool, you know, from 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 being in the box. Yeah. And realistically, the only dog that locks jaws is an African wild dog. Mm-hmm. There's a mechanism that locks over, so they they can't even open it. So when they grab the prey, all of them jump on them like piranhas, and that's how they get them down by uh, by doing so. But what it is is stubbornness and goddamn cheek muscles yeah. jaw strength that's what it is and they don't want to open up they're not going to open up you got to pry that bad boy open that's yeah. any dog but yeah, some dog dogs are bred bite. with that kind of jaw power uh uh-huh. that demeanor too a lot of yeah. it's about a yeah. uh, my box my box cats out there know what i'm talking about yeah. certain dogs certain lines and you follow them lines for a reason yeah that dog bite hard yeah you know and and and, and y'all like, a lot of times now, you see a lot of bite work dogs are like Malinois and Dutch Shepherds. Well, they've learned you don't really need a big dog. The dog, those dogs can bite, but, but they don't bite as hard. But what they do do is they hit you with that speed. So with that, that speed yeah, and the bite coming in as strong as it does, it pierces. Yeah, and I mean, these dogs, are, shot, these dogs are so on point with the bite work. Like, Blue, you could tell them to escort somebody out. Oh, yeah. Walk him off the premises. Hey, but Blue was cool, though. You know, he did a video with uh, Master P. Yeah. Nah, Blue was it was OG. That picture of him with the Lokes, the Polaroid. Yeah. Said Mr. Blue. <laughs> it's like yeah. straight up a Stevon style. Oh, he would, he, would rock, he would rock shades everywhere, man. Yeah, he straight he up He did Lokes. a photo shoot with uh, Neo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, 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 the homie Six, man, hooked that up. And it was funny because we were on a rooftop. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a shoot for him. And they had a box of pizza open. And uh, Blue sat next to him, and uh, uh, we put the remote in his mouth. And, you know, he was like, he was serving him, right? And they took a lot of pictures, and they was tripping. We put him on the edge next to the, the side of the, the building, and they were kind of like, they were kind of scared, thinking he was going to fall off. 
you know, but he was he was really highly trained, man. I put a lot of time. Uh, he's part of the foundation of S.A. Kennel. Put a mm -hmm. lot of time in him, man, and, and worked with some really great trainers with him as long as, I mean, as well as Major. But uh, it was funny. Blue also did a part in the barbershop TV show when they did that on Showtime. That was cool. He did a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, he was a cool dude. And he pissed on a lot of shit on Melrose. He did. So if your clothes was pissed on, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was so long ago, you can't do shit now. <laughs> That's right. Um, Smoke one with me, my bad. <laughs> yeah, man, he scared me a couple times. That shit, now I think about it, that shit is funny. He's done that several times. I'm, I'm my bad, people. He's yeah. pissed on a lot of people's shit. Yeah. Yeah, he was an <laughs> asshole kind of, too. If he didn't fuck with you, he didn't fuck with you. And he let uh, you know right away, too. Hey. Yeah, you know what else, too? Supreme. Supreme took him right on in. We used to go to Supreme all the time. Watch people skate the bowl. Blue come yeah, by and yeah, visit. Yeah. And they even put him and his kids in the catalog, which was a, it was a big deal at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big deal at the time. It was real cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Had a, had a good time over there. Shouts to Supreme and Nikki Diamonds, all the Fairfax cats, you know? Fairfax yeah, got hit pretty hard. Yeah, those dudes keeping it strong, though. They, they stand yeah. with it, man, which is real good, you know, keeping that culture going. I mean, because California has a beautiful culture. This is my home now, so, you has know, been I ain't going for, anywhere. For years, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it California has. does have a beautiful culture. It's the culture that everybody wants, you know what I mean? It is, I mean. It's, it's sunshine, it's, 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 palm trees, it's the I mean, beach, it's the vacation state. Yes. Yeah, I was in know. San Diego the other day. Yeah, man, I was down there because you know who's a dog dude, a big-time dog dude. And he got some shit coming for y'all, too, in Frenchie gang. It's Mitchie Slick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was down there, man, to pick me up a little wrong kind T-shirt, man. Yeah. Yeah. My but, boy Darby's doing some uh, some uh, cannabis consulting with Mitch right now. They're doing a, uh, a strain for Mitchie. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. We did one, too. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, matter of fact, it's called Wrong Kind Candy. Exactly. Coming soon. Be out before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be real cool, man. That's what I've been getting back into, though. Like, it was fun when we first started growing. We was growing all over the place and doing things. And our buddy Ori. That's true. He, he was. Shouts to Ori. Yeah, shout out, out to Ori, now. man. That was my first. We were the boiler room crew. That was my first, that was my first like, real weed plug. And he was the first dude that. Yeah, he was me. getting the packs. Yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a direct line to Canada at the time. And what that means is, like, he had a direct trips, line to Canada. Dubs, like, and the single A's. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it was the first time I ever seen a Canadian hockey bag. A Canadian hockey bag. If you ain't never seen one before, you don't know how big these motherfuckers are. Just filled with vacuum sealed packs. Like the first time you like you hit the weed lottery, and they weren't just. It was all different flavors too. This fool would pull up and three of this and three of that and three of this and three of that. He had like the connect connect trips, baby. Yeah, what trips. You what you need? <laughs> juicy fruit. Like Hash juicy plant. fruit. Hey. just like juicy fruit. Hey, there was a time period with Ori where I had they had these hash plants that were just super fire. Those were the best. Oh, to me, the hash goodness. plant was the best of the AAA Canadian uh, BC bud, That was right? the best shit they was doing. They was Yeah, the hash plant was it. It had a nice little minty flavor to it. I guess Cushman's... Their OG sucked. Cushman's would be like the best, the best, uh, <clears throat> the closest thing to it, like taste-wise, I feel like, uh, of the hash plant. And it had that dark greenness to it, too. But, they had uh, some good haze, too. Yeah. They had good haze. And the hash plant, I had a run of hash plants where, like, I had a month and a half where every hash plant pack that I opened was over, like, 100 grams. Because it was Canadian weight. We yeah. was loving it. We was getting them extra dollars. Dog, yeah, because you don't know, like, 
I was getting like, they would be like 60, 80, 100 grams over. And I, a lot of this stuff was like broken down and like hand to hand shit. So, like, yeah, I would be running through packs just to collect it was the like extra something. 55 from it. most of the time. Yeah. 56, something like that. Yeah. It was, it was over, over. Way over. Over, over. Over 440. <laughs> like, so done. over, you didn't even want to tell. You didn't even <laughs> like want to tell. Order. You got any more of them hash plants? Why? Why you like this hash plants so much? Uh, you know, they, they're going good, dog. Just keep them moving. You sure you weighed this? Yeah, man, it's yeah. good. That was good, man. I mean, I could basically, I could flip a pack for a loss and still gain because I was making money off of the extra that they had been, their scale was broken or some shit up in Canada. Shouts to the Canadians that had so much weed that they could just oh, man. make every pack a pack and a what quarter. What a beautiful time. <laughs> what a beautiful time. You know what I'm saying? And that was like, shit, that's a G $1,200 right there. Easy. You know what I'd love to do? I'd love to do a weed tour. A weed tour? Because how I've been up and down yeah, yeah, Cali yeah. State from the top to bottom, there's so much weed everywhere mm-hmm. and different cultures of it. I'm going to tell you Super another different thing cultures. that tripped me out. Uh, speaking of the boiler room, I was with, I want to say Crondon and Chase. And we might have been at the W. And we met these two white boys. These two coolest niggas I've ever seen. Yeah. So why the boiler room thing came up. Yeah, this is this just is. like the movie. Remember that's why that's why it came. Yeah. Why the crew came. They gave me this speech. Uh-huh. And I swore to God I could be the best stockbroker in the whole fucking world. Yeah, yeah. We were all sitting inside a room. And this is this is nineties. Late nineties yeah. probably. What no. It's two thousand. Two thousand. It's two thousand. This is like two thousand, two thousand one. Because, okay, roll back a little bit. Dr. Ellis was my first doctor. I was in the first 100, 150, first 100, first 100 of people to get their medicinal license. Soon as that shit came out, in the I took state. my ass to San Francisco. And you seen one of the first. Yeah, and they, all they was at, I got AIDS. Do I got cancer? Do I have, you know, yeah. the real shit? You yeah. know, I went in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I was playing a veteran role. PTSD. Well, not like that. Just it wasn't yet. called PTSD. I was PTSD. just in fatigues and shit like the rest of them, just yeah. thinking like I just dressed the part. Yeah. Because when I first got out, I felt disrespected by seeing people rocking fatigues. Did you? And it was popular back then too. Yeah, and I just felt disrespected. Like you, you didn't, know, you didn't get to, you didn't put it. Motherfuckers in, don't you didn't know what it's like to, to be wear, a marine in this bitch. Yeah, like to go put your life First on the responders. line for this country. Yeah. First responders. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. In a sense. Yeah. Navy brings them over there and they set up shop first. Yeah. They clear it out for the army. Yeah, man, it's some real deal shit. Yeah. So you know, it's like, you know, respect the fatigues. Yeah. Don't put them on if you ain't... You ain't earned the right to put them on. Exactly. Yeah. But now, you know, I mean, I was young, though, you know, headstrong, hot about it, but... Yeah, you get the chip on I can see, over. like, you know, I rock fatigues. I like seeing people wearing, you know, it's fashion, yeah. whatever. Everybody's supporting their own way. That's yeah, exactly. what I've learned, you know. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't take shit like that no more, and weed's probably helped that. <laughs> of course it has. But no, but that's what happened. So I got medicinal at this plan. I'm like, man, I remember Fistful of Stones and... Hey... You know, and, 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 and making a choice, you know, am I going to slain these sacks or these rocks? You know. And I chose sacks because. Hey. You know, Gateway, baby. I don't want nobody asking to suck exactly. my dick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you ever suck dick for weed? Nah, exactly. I can't say that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Boo this man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gateway, dog, gateway. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just a hippie at heart, really, man. I yeah, ain't be one of man. The hood is You got to have that culture, you know? You know, the hood is real, and you ain't got time. Like, you know, somebody do something, you got to do something, you know? But see, with weed, you just high, so. Yeah. Man, fuck it, it's Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, man. No, I just like you know Dietrich Jones. Shit, I went on a journey. So if anyway, to get back to the story, me chasing. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was. I know Crondon was there though, but we were there and these dudes was talking. Doug and uh, fuck man, was ah oh, he's gonna kill me not knowing his name, but it was Doug. This boy, but anyway, they're talking. But they got a Tupperware dish, and mm-hmm. in this Tupperware dish, they had uh, what's the name of that train wreck? Mm-hmm. Of course it did. And uh, that's the first time I smoked train wreck yeah, too. But it was a up north tra- strain, and they were from the they were from the hill. They were from Sonoma. Yeah, of course. And uh, these dudes had a Tupperware, like a cake Tupperware container, you know. And they were just walking so around. So even to and us, like, even to us in LA, where like the surf weed culture has been around for a long time, and it's more of like a distribution deal. The real culture is in the hills, in Sonoma, yeah, in Mendo, in Humboldt County. They were fashionable, bro. They were no. some real hicks. No, they were hillbillies. Like some Kentucky hillbillies. Like they from the hill, dog, but straight up. California style. Exactly. And they had Tupperware. So we're at the W, whatever. We're right off of Sunset. We walking down. They went with me down to the bar, uh, uh, to, the, <laughs> to the club, whatever. And they carrying this Tupperware container out. Like, how do you carry a pound of weed? Legally. Yeah. And you were tripping out because. I was tripping. Cause they just the medicinal like, it's was nothing. the smoke, but they just walking around like it's nothing. They're like, no, there's other laws that are going on. And yeah. Blah 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 blah. Just butter rubbing the shit out of me. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with smoking, my jaws drop. I'm like, I gotta do that. Uh huh. How do you walk around? You felt like that license pound to sell of weed. weed. Do you know what the penalty with the with the at penal- the time Texas, it was a big deal. Yeah. For having a pound of weed, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were going to jail for a while. You're for, a <laughs> <laughs> for a while, for a minute. For a while. And if you got lucky and had money to fight the case, you're still doing like 10-year probation and going to jail probably. For a while. Yeah. Now, they kind of lean, you know, niggas is getting high everywhere, but not like that. I wanted to be around it like Cheech and Chong, and I was blessed to and do And these so. dudes gave you the... Uh, the Man, I went they to their house. They gave you the game. It was a thousand pounds just laying there. Yeah, like it was nothing. Not a pistol in sight. Nothing. Said a Never thousand seen no shit like there. that. Not a pistol in All sight. Niggas in my hood. And for and for and for those that don't know, that's at the time that's four or five million dollars. Man, look, niggas in my four hood or five million dollars. Have a easy. couple ounces in a piece, nigga. Getting some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a big deal for you to see Come people on, so actively just. Oh my god. Oblivious to that what was you like thought was a white people only thing. Yeah. Like where are we living? Mm-hmm. So I had to explore. You know, and they welcomed me in. So anyway, they get his great speech and everything. It was like, yeah, you come on up and learn. I said, what? Yeah, I'm there. That's yeah. how I feel, too, because I'll show Less up. Less than seven days. I was yeah. in Sonoma. When I get an opportunity like Losing that. Losing my mind. To, to get a cut from someone or to, like, or to, like, break bread with someone or somebody that I respect on the hill or somewhere else that'll let me come into their facility or their farm. I'm yeah. there, bro. I'm going to show up because... You know what I mean? That's what interests me. And, like, getting an opportunity like that, that's not the type of opportunity you let, you let slide. You know what I mean? Hell no. I wouldn't you have met you. Know. Huh? I wouldn't have met you. No, it's true. Yeah, because this is prior you. Yeah. And what what a wonderful experience, man. Mm-hmm. It just all came in full circle, kind of. Like, just everything came came together. Let's talk about your bucket system a little bit. Because you had a house in the valley, oh, early 2000s, where you were running uh Water culture, which for those that don't know, is basically uh, it's like a bucket inside of a bucket. And the roots are, are has a drip, like a ring over the top of it at the time that was dripping down on clay pellets. And then the roots are suspended in water that's, that's oxygenated at the bottom. And it creates these crazy-ass root structures to water culture because the, the roots get so healthy in that dark, moist environment with all that oxygen. And uh, these plants go nuts. So this fool had 
a bucket, a recirculating bucket system in a, in a room in a garage in the valley and this just monster-ass OG plants on the floor, like eight-foot-tall monsters everywhere just Pound lying. Pound a bucket. Pound a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was the thing, you know what I'm saying? Pound a bucket. Yeah. So people don't know, but and when you see widow. people's rooms. OG, oh, white, yeah, widow white widow, and blueberry. That's yeah. what we had. Yeah, that white widow. And fire, Romulan. Dog. Romulan, yeah. That was the original. Yeah. Yeah, that, that OG was fire, too. You gave me a, a sweet-ass price on it, too. I had the I had the... I had the streets clacking with it for sure. Ounce at a time, motherfuckers were loving it because I was able to Man. give it to people at a price that what didn't exist. We used to get a grip for an ounce. Huh? We used to get a grip for an ounce. Yeah. I mean, it was worth it. The quality was there. It was way worth it, especially in the shit you see now. Shit, we were fifty, seventy-five dollars under the under the the wholesale market at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know, we got good. You know. What an ounce back then was doing what like somewhere three seventy-five, like four hundred. I mean, for yeah, yeah most like, like custies. If you were getting custied. For like OG back in the day when it was yeah. like just coming around, I mean, most of the time you weren't smoking it because it was a buck fifty a quarter, and like if you could find it, and it's if the dude had it and wanted to give it to you. Most yeah. people got the Snickle Fritz. Yeah. You know how this shit goes down. Now he ain't getting that. He getting the Snickle Even Fritz. Bubble was bomb back. Bubble then. was bomb as fuck. That was the original. Yeah. That was the original hitter. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah but it was four, five hundred, six hundred dollars an ounce. Hey, but you know that's 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 a trip because um. Damn, dude, that is really... I tell people all the time on the show and just in general that one of my fondest memories uh, is uh, my E-Class Mercedes from back then and just blowing OG in that Mercedes and like in oh. the middle of the <laughs> summer and blowing real OG Kush off the Mercedes leather in that summer listening to like rap music in the car and shit is like... That's my like one of my favorite thoughts and smells. Like I can remember and like takes me back to that time. Yeah. The smell of walking back to my whip and that shit just being boxed out with OG, like fire-ass OG at the time, which was like the most amazing. It's one of the most amazing Terp profiles once you get to experience it for the first time in that, in that moment that you'll ever have in your life. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a very authentic and, and interesting uh, uh, smell and taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing that was funny, too, uh, would also <sighs> challenge me to like... Sorry for everybody for that. Learning more <laughs> and getting more into, you know, growing and just weed all around, you know, was smoking with B. Mm -hmm. I had some weed. I was going to roll up. B had some weed. said, nah, I ain't smoking none of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he smoked with me because he's going to smoke with you. Yeah, for sure. And blew my wig back. And oh, I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I ain't smoking what I got either. <laughs> I was like, never again do I ever want to be caught with some shit I got right now. Exactly. <laughs> that was that OG. You got OG from Be Real at the time. Man, he that had some OG. Fire. He had some cat piss. Yeah. And uh might have been Kim Dog too, but I'm not sure. But it whatever that dude. Some has, of the original headband, maybe that, that was the dude, shit floating around at the time. That <laughs> that dude right there, him and Sin, you catch Sin at any time. He's gonna pull a jar out with some shit. Yeah. It you to think they they rolled, you, to, you would think that they took this and they rolled it in in that butter like just or wax or whatever. It in sugar. No, they didn't just do any of it because we weren't people weren't dealing with all that wax yeah. and butter shit that, like you know back then. It was how it was grown. Yeah, it was grown so good. The resin was all over the. You, there was covered. no way you were using your fingers. No, it was done. It's not happening. You couldn't touch it. You couldn't break it up like that. Not, Dripping wasn't, wet. Wasn't going down. Dripping wet, icy, glow in the dark, down. no flash needed on the pictures. 
That's what the shit looked like. Yeah. And this was a pure, this is, the strain was very pure at the time. Obviously, the genetics have leaned Incredibly over time. Pure. Um, and Kenji was wonderful, man. Kenji's, he's always been cool. He's always looked out. And then that bucket system came from the dudes in Reseda. Uh-huh. Yeah, some of Chase's homeboys. Him and Jalil or whatever. You know, the Bloom dudes. Yeah. You know, and they was right on that, and the bucket shit was cool. To, to this day, and I have a couple of, a couple of friends um, in the business that are running uh, water culture, and to this day, like, some of the nicest, most uniform packs and, and product that I see comes from a water culture system. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a new one right now, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All I'm doing, supersizing the easy cloner. Yeah. Yeah, I see how it go. Okay. Go well. I mean, it's going to go great. As it long as the well. pump, as long as the pump don't thing. stop, it's going to be good. Yep. You got to keep it wet. Yep, yep, yep. Keep them spraying. Yeah, but you know what? What it is, too, I'm not going to lie. You know, being more mature about things, getting up in age, I'm a little bit more patient, and I want to push the levels of quality. And, you know, when you start dealing with aeroponics and all that kind of stuff, it's not forgiving. Not at all. I mean, you can't just walk away from it, you know, constantly, because there's no medium for it to sit in. I mean, no. And, I mean, we came a long way. Obviously... I tell people too that most of my first experiences with cultivating were train wrecks because, and train wrecks That's I mean like learn. bad because because you weren't you weren't paying enough attention. It's a very time consuming and attention grabbing thing. Now I can, I can do things I couldn't do back then obviously because I've you know cultivated at scale now and learned from this room to that room to multiple rooms to, to bigger facilities. You know what I mean and learned yeah. how to keep that timetable. But at first like I didn't know how much how much, actual intimate time with the plant it needs to be successful you know what i mean and it's it's a very labor intensive process no matter how you look at it. there's no way to take the labor out of it whether you're in a greenhouse or indoors somebody's going to be there working on the plants every day that's just part of the deal you know what i mean yeah i think i think it's you know uh a lot of folks are in it for the money and if you are and you don't really smoke then you're not really about the culture but get yours, though. I ain't mad at you. No, not at all. You know? I'm never a hater. Shit, I might be somewhere and need some weed. Exactly. <laughs> and there's some dudes that don't smoke that grow fire-ass weed, too. So don't, you know? so don't think that's the thing. And no, I will it's about say being this, a farmer, though. Is, is that I know dudes that are, cultivators, that are cultivators that don't smoke, uh, a handful of them, that are with the culture and have been around the game for so long and involved that that's, that's their business and their life, regardless of how you want to feel about it. And just because they don't partake, but they're still into it the way that a smoker would be, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's fine, but what I'm getting at is... No, I totally understand what you're saying, What too, sucks is, I'm a smoker and I smokers, know that, like, When you go buy weed, the shit is garbage. Yeah, well, it's When not, at a particular you know, time, you could go buy weed from the weed dude and the shit getting, was bomb. When you, where are you getting weed from? And it's right? bad, like, no, it's still to this day, because certain dispensaries you can't just go to. Well, yeah. Because well, you're going to go in there and get some garbage. Well, that's true. But I, I don't I don't have I, I got fire ass weed, so it's always fire. No, but see you can't even sympathize with, people, with got the bad people out there because you, no, you know I can't, you're privileged. Because I'm privileged, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I am privileged, too, but you know I'll be privileged packs for real. No. I'll be around full but of Sometimes dogs, you just you know? be rolling around and like you need weed. Like yeah. what if I'm in another place? I yeah, quit you smoking. Need weed and you be like, I quit Damn. smoking when I'm out of town. Like I ain't smoking <laughs> somebody else's weed. I either brought it with me or I'm not smoking. Dudes be hitting me when I touch down somewhere, like I got you, and I'm like, dog, I ain't smoking that shit. Thank you. I appreciate you. We bring our own, trust me. I was like, yo, if I can't smoke good Cali weed, and when I say yeah. not just Cali weed, but like fire, fire weed, I'm not smoking it. I'm at that point in my life, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, I mean, that's what it does to people. Because yeah. I, I know smokers, you know, Cali weed smokers, man, that travel the world, and they always tell me, I gotta have my weed. There's no yeah, way because I'm it's going not the same. Have my weed. Yeah. You it's experienced Amsterdam pretty early on. You told oh, me yeah. about I've going been out there, there and man. tripping on Several mushrooms. Man, and, uh, too many times, man. Yeah. 
and not enough. I need to go again. Yeah. That that helped. That helped with the whole. And this is early on too. You, yeah. You traveled to go. Man, I told you I was Indiana and be involved in the weed game. You were a real weed dude. Yeah. Indiana D after it, man. Yeah. I was, I wanted to know. I wanted to know it all. I wanted to smoke it all, try it all. Exactly. Only thing I haven't done that I wanted to do, because, you know, I was collecting High Times magazines like Dirk Diggler was, you know. On the exactly. Hustlers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a real weed that dude was my really shit. into it. it like, yeah, you know, man. I went out there, man. Studying it. Everything. Got broke. Wasted all my bread smoking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, one time, man, I mean, they had the pastries and, 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 and the, you know, the edible shit and everything is like, it was a trip. You just go to the coffee shop. You told they me about taking psilocybin, taking mushrooms and riding Man. riding around on bikes and shit down in Holland. I was, yeah, one time, <laughs> one time, man, I was Ooh. on uh, the shroom tea is what it is. The shroom tea, yeah. because, yeah. you know, you just walk by windows and it's a seed company and they yeah. got different strands. And not only did they have different strands, they had mushrooms too, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I psyched out. I was inside the, the, the shop. It wasn't the bulldog. It wasn't, it was around... I want to say the green. Uh, it was a long time ago. But anyway, yeah, I ordered some shroom tea, and that was it. Man, I did laps around Hollywood. <laughs> I was in the hood. I didn't even know they had a hood. Shit was great. The graffiti was nice. Yeah. No, they, they have a big graph scene out there. Yeah, it was enough. all cute, though. Yeah. It wasn't like, like our hood. Well, it's a little bit different. Yeah, because bang tag, I can't even understand most of that shit anyway, but you know yeah. you, you know. They were about the art. They got yeah. graph stores because they got yeah. graph stores in Germany. It was like watching like uh, Beach Street or shit. some shit. Exactly. Yeah. They were really about the art, the art of it, of graffiti. Yeah, they was out um, there doing their thing. And then the hip hop culture is crazy because, you know, S.A. Kennel's all about that. You know, the dogs come along with it. You know, and, and it's a, in, in all the hoods, you know, and, and all over. We got a few minutes left. Where, where people enjoy hip hop and everything, they got a dog. I got, I got, you know? normally when I have people on, I have them tell a, a weed story. So, Tell me a, a, you know, an old weed story that can be either funny or scary or a time that, you know, either had a run-in with the law or a bad experience or something really funny that happened due to, to okay. being in the game or around cannabis and smoking and whatever. Um, Do you have anything that comes to mind? I was with my homegirl, rest in peace. And... uh, uh Her house, I was bringing her a dog. Her house got raided. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about. Right when Go I ahead. pulled up. Right when you pulled up. Like raided, raided. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I had to do a little bit in county for uh, cultivating. I got bust. Thought I was got to get out of jail card free with my medicinal shit. They took my black ass to jail. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it was only a defense. It was only a defense at the time, and it was still you know. ah, medical, no medical. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. But the cool thing about Cali from Texas, I'd have still been locked up. Shit. Yeah, exactly. They got out early. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Went back to growing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still smoking. You know, whatever. So you had a case and probably on probation at this time, or? Yeah. So anyway, um, so anyway, throughout my case or whatever, uh, they put in my record. I can keep. Two ounces on we me called all you time. two ounce D. Yeah, time, two ounce <laughs> because D. he actually had a letter, a letter from the county of Los Angeles that said he's allowed to possess two ounces. So Dietrich could always have two ounces on him. He could get pulled over by LAPD, whatever. Yeah. It didn't matter because he literally had a signed letter from the judge. Probably one of the only motherfuckers with it. Hey, he was he in the system. They pulled it up. Yeah. So that's what makes the story great, right? Yeah. Is that, so anyway, so her house is getting raided. I got look. 
I got some low top chucks on, no socks. We in Cali, summertime in it up, right? Yeah. And I had this big ass baseball Louisville slugger, blueberry joint rolled up. I used like four <laughs> different papers. It was huge, right? Yeah. So I roll over there. I give her a dog. She just got a pit and we smoking and then they hit us. Got raided. Everything raided. Like a real raid. I mean, Crash like team. a yeah, like swatting everything. Yeah. It's like thirty of them motherfuckers for three people. <laughs> super, super over budget for no reason. How they get down? You know what I'm saying? Ah, this shit was so petty. So anyway, they put me and the homegirl in the back of a police car and drive us away. Uh huh. Obviously, it has something to do with a dude, or whatever. I don't know, whatever. And it was all false alarm, any damn way. But anyway, they got us in the car car over, you know, I think it was at a baseball field right over there in the Encino, and uh, we're in the back. Now, when they came, I put my joint out. Smooth. Mm-hmm. Right? Slid it into my shoe. Burned my ankle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Slid it into my shoe. So when they put us in the car and they drove us over, you know, it was all good. They got out the car, started talking, and left us in the car. So I pulled the joint out my shoe and lit it up. So when they got... <laughs> <laughs> when they got back in the car, <laughs> they was hot boxed out. They was pissed off. They was cussing me out. <laughs> two ounce D. Ah, and yeah. You told them, did you tell Tied, them you're two ounce D? They couldn't say shit about it. Too. Man, SA Kennel SA all day, man. Yeah, that's right. Go it's check out SA Kennel on Instagram. It was good. Yeah, I like. Yeah, my it's the first time boy, I had man. one of my close close people on and uh, just sit here and shoot the shit. So. I had a good time. Um, look up S.A. Kennel if y'all need dogs. Dietrich got uh, uh, lines of different breeds that he likes to do. A lot of Frenchies. Yeah, got, got Bordeaux, right Corsos, Frenchies. You know, anything that'll bite your ass. That's right. Don't Yo. be cheap, though. Don't be cheap. <laughs> Peace, y'all. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.